Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Black Property Podcast. We've got a quite short and snappy episode today with a lovely woman called Tony, um, who was able to buy a property in the Croydon area. So we just discussed what she does for work and how the process was in terms of buying a property, her first property with her partner, in fact. So without further ado, I do, I should say. Um, enjoy the episode. So, 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 um, Tony, where are we going to start? Um, all right, drop with who you are, what you do, how we interacted, etc., etc. So, my name is Tony. I just turned 27 years old, actually, but when I bought my house, I was actually still 26. Um, I work in in the financial services industry. So I work in an investment bank doing front office risk management. That's what I'm doing at the moment. Mm, Okay. Um, And what does that entail? Um, Just things like risk reviews. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to mean anything, but doing things like control testing, making sure we have a robust control environment, working with the regulatory um compliance teams to make sure we're following all necessary and applicable financial regulation also some governance work as well so being secretariat in like our deal forums whenever we have new deals etc which is quite interesting because i get to see a lot of things that are happening on the market before they happen mm, mm. okay and what um actually got you involved in in your career choice Well, I studied law at university and um, I always thought I wanted to be a corporate lawyer, but Mm. my family is sort of geographically split and I Mm. know that I don't want to live in the UK long term. I would eventually probably like to move back to Nigeria or I'm open to another African country. Mm. And law isn't really an internationally flexible career because in order for me to work in Nigeria, I'd have to do Nigerian law school. Yeah. which takes 18 months and after I did a law degree and an LLM I was just done with school yeah. so mm. I didn't want to go back to Nigeria and do Nigerian law school so that's when I started looking at what other avenues I could take and I, I did a graduate scheme in risk and compliance and okay. since then I've been working in risk. Mm. And how was the the transition from being quite a theoretical but also mainly analytical person to somebody that now deals with numbers well i think i don't work in market risk okay um so i don't have to deal with numbers that much i do do a lot of things in excel with excel spreadsheets and the lookups and stuff but it's been quite an easy transition i think one thing you learn about university i'm sure you'll say the same the skills are generally really good skills that are applicable to a number of careers so it's Mm. been an easy transition for me mm, mm, agreeable okay so you um said that you bought your first um property at the age of 26 yes so talk about that so how did you get to uh, a situation where you was like okay i want to buy a property quite young okay so i Um, My parents are actually, well, they used to be property developers. So Mm. I've spent a lot of my childhood 
on building sites, hearing my parents talk about buying this property or that property. Is that in London or in Nigeria? In London. Okay, in London. Cool. Yeah. Talking about um, buying things at auction. So I've been lucky enough that I've always had an awareness and I've always mm. had it drummed into me that buying a place as young, I've always been told to get on the ladder as young as you can mm. because salary generally is, well, in the UK and our our crap economy anyway that's another (laughs) (laughs) salaries aren't as hard don't travel as um don't grow as fast as property prices do so the longer you wait to get on the ladder the harder it is to get on and so i've i've been told you know always been advised get on the ladder as early as you can as quick Mm. as you can um when the time is right so i always had it in my head that i was going to buy Mm. yeah okay and was you prior to you living was you at home or was you renting what was the situation so luckily for me even though my parents moved to Nigeria about over 10 years ago Mm. they've kept a flat here for them Mm. whenever they come here and also because my brother and sister eventually came back as well to the UK to finish their do their a-levels at Mm. boarding school and GCSEs and to go to university so we needed a place here so that's where Mm. I've been so it's been interesting because technically I've lived alone for half the year and then I've been at home with my family for the other half got you got you got you got you okay um and so when despite the fact that you've been um around property pretty much for for a long period of time when was it when was that turning point was like, okay, cool. I now want to get onto the ladder. I th- I'll say I've been seriously thinking about it since I was 23. Okay. So first year of post uni working, I definitely mm. blew a lot of my salary on. Mm. <laughs> on so what, what, what was, what was, if you mind me asking, what was your salary um, as soon as you finished uni? Um, it was, 36,000. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that, did you jump straight into um, what you was doing now, or what you're doing now, or was there like a transition period? No. So I did my undergrad and then yeah. I did a master straight after, as you gotcha. know, and I do have parents. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my parents literally gave me no choice, but that's mm. why they, they, they sponsored mm. me. So I did my master's and then I was applying for graduate schemes during my master's. So I started looking actually when I hadn't even finished my master's in September. Mm. So, um, I, yeah, it's an immediate thing. I haven't had a break or any kind of gap yet. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Okay. So you were, so you was blowing, um, your very good starting salary (laughs) on handbags. Very good. Very, very good. (laughs) Do you want to tell the brands or, or, or? Well, I bought some very nice Valentino. Oh, you're a lifestyle babe. <laughs> you know, I was babe. really enjoying. And then mm. I think, um, also, I go back to Nigeria quite a lot. And as we all know, tickets are really expensive. Yeah. Um, my parents cut me off anyway. So one day I was working, <laughs> they made me have to buy on my own plane tickets mm. and stuff. So I was just spending money on those things. And yeah. I don't necessarily regret it because I only did it for one year. So it's a lesson learned. Mm. But it does sometimes kill me inside when I probably could have saved you know 10 15k more than I saved if I didn't act Mm. like an idiot but it's a lesson Mm, then okay so after that year of lifestyle um (laughs) how did you go about saving the deposit and things like that because you was what now around about turning 24 so in the space of two years you was able to purchase your first property 
Yeah, so I would say from, so I started working when I was 22. Okay. And then from the age of 23, so I've been done about three years of serious saving. Okay. I, so I just started, so we, on a grad scheme, generally you get an uplift. So I go on uplift in my salary and um, that helped as well. But I just started saving half of my monthly salary, which, mm. you know, full disclosure is obviously easier for me to do because I lived at home and I wasn't paying mm. any rent or bills. Yeah. I only had to really just pay for my transport to work and whatever I want to do. So yeah. just had to tone down my lifestyle really mm. and um saving half and then I got a the job that I have now which increased my salary even more um mm. I don't mind to say but it increased my salary to 52,000 oh, wow. so I started saving two-thirds of my okay um I started saving two-thirds of my salary every month okay. yeah and once you get into the habit it's really easy as soon as payday hits yeah. me I'll just automatically transfer the money and I've been serious since about 2016 I've been seriously Mm. looking and researching Mm. because um so I'm actually in engaged I should be married but coronavirus so um I initially um (laughs) thank you initially me and my um fiance's plan was to each purchase our own flats that's what we're thinking and then all this stuff happened with stamp duty cuts etc And I realized, and I had a conversation with my parents and they told mm. me that sometimes making the jump from a flat to like a family home can be quite difficult yeah. with the gap in the, the um, money that you need. So yeah. then we changed our minds and we decided, so I bought this house with my fiance gotcha. as well. Gotcha. So, so we both saved up uh, mm. deposits and we've put our money together and, and bought the house. So mm. that, that's also something as well. Mm. I had someone to buy it with. Mm. as well yeah two points so first point um uh, yeah i'm gonna start off with this point how is it um because in my experience of selling properties i've always um not necessarily um questioned why people buy um with people because property prices basically need that you're not going to buy a property without unless you've got a really high salary without um a second income However, I've had quite a lot of experience in terms of resales when things have got messy. So not to not to um, speak bad on 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 you and your fiance because I wish you guys a prosperous marriage. Um, however, how 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 was the the um, conversation when you guys decided? Okay, we're actually looking to to invest X amount of money together. Um, was it was it an awkward conversation or was it a conversation that started getting um, with well start conversations in terms of what could happen if things was to go left like how how was the conversation with you? No, no, so not at all. Um, I think well, me and my fiance we've been together for eight years since mm. since we were nineteen. So having frank money discussions etc is, is is fine for us. Mm. We started talking about it since twenty sixteen, but we didn't com- we we hadn't like committed to the idea of that we're going to buy with each other until we got engaged and we bought this house to be ready for us to be married Mm. in. So if we were still dating, um, Mm. we wouldn't have bought a house together because I've, I like you have seen so many situations. I actually know someone now Mm. who bought a shared ownership flat with their partner and those things take, uh, their relationship's broken down nine months mm. after they bought the flat. And obviously, shadowship flats take longer to sell at mm. times. They're in that limbo. So we wouldn't have brought it, we bought the, we brought the house to, um, 
be the place where we're going to have our marital home and start our mm. family. Yeah. And also we both had saved up enough money to purchase a place on our own. Yeah. So it's not as if one person was bringing the deposit and another, we bought yeah. an equal amount to the house. We bought it as joint tenants. If yeah. anything does go wrong, it will be quite, there, there mm. should be no bad blood on any side yeah, because it will simply be, you sell it and you take your 50% of Mm. from the house well i mean we bought this house from a divorced couple which mm. you know <laughs> from a divorcing couple so who bought the house two years before so yeah. obviously things do go do go wrong even when you're married so mm. yeah okay and the second question was um how did you go up what was your like breakdown of your thought process in terms of wanting to to purchase a a house because aside from the experience that you've had with being around your parents maybe in in potentially a different a different mindset that you might have had in terms of you purchasing because they're purchasing as an investment as opposed to an emotional buy so how was you able to maybe different the best way to maybe say is differentiate the 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 investment side that you've been around compared to okay this is where i'm actually going to lay my head for x amount of years okay so um i think i did have an element of investment Mm. within the the mindset of purchasing but in terms of what made me want to purchase a house is that what you're asking as opposed to like no no no. like how what was your process in terms of getting to the point of um of buying the house that you did. So in terms of like searching on right move, what was your okay, criteria, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So, um, I wanted to, I, I have this belief that you should buy the cheapest, nicest house that you can afford. I'm not necessarily the type of person who wants to, to drop as the maximum amount of money that you possibly can. So we bought probably about a hundred K under what oh, we wow. could afford because I, I like that. Um, mm buffer and so we didn't take for example like the biggest mortgage that we could have taken out yes um so what really led me to i wanted to buy in a area that was affordable because i wanted to buy a three-bedroom house Mm. um so i needed to be affordable i wanted to be a house that i liked it i want to live in and that i like Mm. um, as opposed to me buying um a three-bed in a really expensive area that I don't like that much Mm. because it's tiny. So Mm. I started looking at areas. When I, where I was living, I was living in central London in the flat. And so I looked around, I obviously know the average price of price of the area that I was living in in my parents' flat for a house, three bed house is 1.5 million pounds. So I knew (laughs) I knew that that wasn't in my budget. And then Mm. um, I I knew that I grew up in Kenley, um, which is where we lived before my parents left the UK. Mm. So, which is in South Croydon. I've always liked the area, but I didn't want to be that far out. Mm. So then I started looking at, for example, like Streatham, Wandsworth, mm. because it's a bit close to central, a bit close to family and friends for me. Still, I felt that what was um, in on offer in my price range, I just didn't feel that it was worth the money. So I do mm. think that, I think that sometimes people get caught up in this whole London so expensive, Mm. that they that they 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 don't start to keep thinking about value for money but you should still mm. try and get as much value for money from your property in my yeah. personal opinion mm. so then i started looking at the south Korean area i've got like quite a lot of family around here i know the area well i felt that there was good value for money and also there was good price growth mm. um which you know has proven me right because Croydon was the number one search for area i know people mm 
aren't the biggest fans of it, but also I think a lot of people, excuse my, excuse my French, but a lot of people talk shit um, about, <laughs> about Croydon because I think what, what people, um, as you rightly said, people don't like getting value for money. And the only way for you to get value for money in this, in this London property market yeah. or Southeast of England property yeah. market is by you going on the outskirts. And yeah. I don't even classify Croydon on the outskirts because it takes 15 minutes to get to Victoria. I mean, they um, always make fun of us for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> it literally takes 15 minutes to get to Victoria. Like, I don't, I genuinely don't understand. Um, and trains run pretty much every seven minutes until yeah. like 12 o'clock, one o'clock. Um, but anyways, okay. Um, so in terms of area, that's all sorted. So in terms of like what type of um, property um, that you wanted to purchase, how did you start fiddling that down um, to the last final options? And did your partner have some involvement? Yeah, for sure. He's definitely very opinionated. He said mm. from day one that he didn't want a terraced house. Okay. So that also pushed us to look at the outskirts because probably... Mm terrace in our budget would have been okay mm. in first like slightly further in but he said from day one he didn't want a terraced house and i was mm. fine with that um i quite liked um houses with a loft so this house mm. that we bought okay. is technically a three bear but they've done a partial loft conversion okay. so if we do the full loft conversion it's going to make it a four bed house yeah. which mm. which will be great um so we wanted like a semi-detached house detached probably we knew that it wasn't in mm. our budget with like a garden on a nice um a nice road somewhere in south the south Croydon Pearly area not too far from a station because we do work in London so we wanted a decent commute time so we're walking distance from a mainline station which is ask, um what area do you work in um I work in Canary Wharf and he works okay. in Paddington and yeah, how long good. does the commute take for both of you um I haven't actually done it because of coronavirus but got I don't you, <laughs> more than 45 minutes if all yeah. the trains run etc so it's mm. a so it shouldn't be more than like an hour door to door that's good to hear good to hear okay um and in terms of so you didn't want your partner didn't want to have a terrace house and in terms of like the type of property so um for people that don't know um you've got different types of terrace houses or end of terrace houses so you've got in terms of style of property so you've got victorians tudors period properties warner properties how did you because with south croydon in particular there's a lot of tudors um around the area so what how did you manage to break that down did you want did you want a particular type of property well so i definitely wanted a period property mm. i um so the house we bought is an edwardian yeah got like nice features in the house um yeah. So I definitely wanted some kind of, you know, an older period property mm. because I find that they're more spacious. So yeah. we actually had looked at two other houses that we'd mm. put offers in, but it didn't end up working out. One was yeah. a Victorian property. that was actually a four bed semi-detached. Mm. And the other one was a townhouse, which was more modern. Mm. And I just find in old properties, there's more space. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how was the... Um, the time spent with the estate agent that you use to purchase your property? So we did, so we, like I said before, we just put in two offers on two other houses before we found this house. Mm. And 
this is probably the best estate agent experience that we had mm. on this property that we're purchasing. So mm. we'd had a really bad experience with the last house before this that we put an offer in, where mm. we were sort of told to come to a viewing um, because the sale looked like it was falling through. We put an offer in and then they tried to coerce us to use their so mortgage broker. Mm. and they said if we didn't use their mortgage broker they wouldn't our offer wouldn't be looked at favorably oh, because they couldn't trust our financing now, like, yeah. i mean we both work in finance so <laughs> and i actually sent in a complaint in to oh, them to their manager and stuff yeah. because i just thought i don't like people preying on yeah. first-time younger buyers it was absolutely yeah. ridiculous so we already had like a mortgage broker and we'd got on our agreement in principle before we yeah. started going out and putting offers in mm. and so yeah, um, this estate agent I felt was really good. So this was, mm. like I said, it was a divorce and couple, so we did get a really good deal on the house. Okay. We got about 25K off the okay. asking price. And even when the lender came to value the house, they agreed with the, the selling price, which means that sort of like we have like 20 to 25K inbuilt equity, which is amazing. Mm. Um, um, and this estate agent, I would say that from day one, once we put the viewing, it felt as if she was just trying to get the best outcome for both parties, which is yeah. very rare. Mm. I mean, I know you, you, I've listened to your podcast. I know you disagree, but most times it feels like disagree it, in terms of what most times it feels like the estate agent is acting on behalf of the seller. And not I, you. <laughs> I think, I think it, it varies. Um, mainly because I predominantly sell um, new builds. Yeah. So with resales, um, res- with, well, yeah, with resales and secondhand um, properties, you it's very hard to work. Um, I wouldn't say it's very hard, but like for instance, most most landlords and vendors, mainly because of the actual estate agents themselves, mm-hmm. they're very stubborn and they overextend their um, devaluation of the property. Um, and as soon as you say, okay, my property, I believe my property is worth 760,000. They're not going to budge on that 760 unless it's been on the market for a very long time. So it's very hard to work in, in line with both parties, mm. but with new builds, because there's already a built in margin, it's very easy to be like, okay, boom, Give me this price. I'm going to get you this price. Unless the, unless let's say for instance, it's um, a divorcee or somebody that um, I forgot what it's called. My mind's gone blank. Um, a rebate sale or somebody that just uh, yeah probate. That's the yeah. one. Um, or somebody that's looking to um, sell very quickly. It's very hard to work in both hands or the in both sides. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, especially because most estate agents claim that they always achieve 95% of the asking price, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, but that's very good though, that um, it was a woman estate agent, which is very, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's, a, it's not as common, um, especially in like estate agency, estate agency, as opposed to like oh. new builds. Oh, her manager was also a woman as well. So. It's so like, I've, I've worked in, well, I've worked in two estate agents, but I, I deal with a lot of agents yeah. and the only like women that are there, they are there for like admin or property management. They're not actually there as, um, agents, oh, which is, yeah. Yeah. But in the new build side of things there, it's dominated by women, which is really, really weird. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. 
Um, okay, cool. Um, so, so you had a quite a good experience with her. So tell me what was, the, so after you put in the offer, how did you feel when it got accepted? Um, so felt great when it got accepted because, mm. so it's, I know the advice is, especially with your first, I've heard all the advice, buy the worst house on the best street type of advice. Mm. But I also feel like when buying a house that needs significant improvements, you need the money to do the improvements. Yeah. And I didn't think that, I mean, I know that doing a renovation, you can start with a 20K budget and end up spending 60K. And I was just a bit worried about sinking all this money into our first house when we only have a plan. We're planning to live in this house for about five years before we move on. So I wanted to get as close. I wanted to get something that would just need cosmetic Mm. doing, which was a bit tough when you have a budget that you have set to, to stick to mm. um and price i mean south korean is a bit pricey mm. even though it's it's cheaper than the rest of the many other boroughs in london it's probably one of the priciest parts of the borough so um we so we felt great because we'd come in we'd seen the house they'd even just renovated and extended the kitchen mm. so a lot of the house had been renovated by mm. them because they'd gotten married and they were intending this to be their family home. Mm-hmm. And then they'd gotten a divorce like halfway or three quarters of the way through the renovations. So, or they filed for divorce or separated or whatever. So it felt great because we had asked for about 25 K off their asking price. Mm-hmm. Um, and it being accepted, you know, was it just accepted straight away? No. So we first put in an offer about 40k below asking they the state agent called me back and was i think the reason why she liked us was because we had all of our stuff together so that's what i would give any advice if you want to get an estate agent if you're not buying a new build you're just buying a regular house and you want to get an estate agent on side don't bullshit them because i think they get bullshitted so much Mm. so she we'd we'd come and viewed the house and we put an offering quite quickly because we'd already had two offers not get accepted Mm. so we were moving quite quickly at this point and also we didn't want our aip to expire Mm. then she she'd called us back and said okay send me evidence of your agreement in principle and all the stuff and i sent it immediately mm. i think that got her on our side because she realized that we were serious buyers mm. as opposed to us being you know um people who are putting in i think they had another couple that had come and viewed the house and they'd done maybe like three viewings and they kept saying they were deliberating and i think yeah. people tend to bullshit a lot like that when it comes to buying houses it's obviously really expensive and a massive commitment so yeah us putting forward and i think i felt in good stead and there then that made her advocate for us to the seller because mm. she knew that we would we would close the sale because they'd already had a sale fall through okay which is why it was back on the market yeah gotcha 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 okay um so explain the process after um getting your offer accepted for you so once we got our offer accepted we had to instruct a solicitor and send in basically the details of of our solicitor we had to get a formal mortgage offer mm. from the bank um off the base of our agreement in principle so we used a mortgage broker that we um really liked so we asked him for his recommendations of solicitors mm. um and he gave us and our sister was really good it didn't cost more than a thousand pounds really responsive really quick used a lot of online tools as well which mm. made things easy um and then the bank obviously came and did a valuation on the house agreed to give us our formal mortgage offer so we got that 
mm. formal mortgage offer. And then from there, it was sort of the ball rolling um, mm. as in sort of like doing the searches. And then yeah. coronavirus yeah. happened. So that slowed things down. I think there was maybe about three or four weeks of inactivity because loads of solicitors were put on furlough. Yeah. Um, and it, the funny thing was is that the sellers had said that their condition of sale was that they wanted that we, they did they wouldn't accept us renegotiating the price down because they'd already given us 25k off so we didn't negotiate it down during the coronavirus period mm-hmm. um and also that they um wanted it done as quickly as possible but their solicitor ended up delaying things their solicitor yeah. spent took like three or four weeks to send the contract packs etc which worked for us because the we didn't really want the sale to close as quickly as they did so mm-hmm it worked for us yeah mm. so it's just that that typical thing of doing your searches going through all the legal signing the contracts etc and then mm. exchange and then completion and how long minus the coronavirus situation how long did the whole process take for you um so our offer was accepted in march and we exchanged on the 30th of july so about mm. three four months gotcha 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 yeah Okay. And in terms of all of the costs um, from start to finish, all of the cosmetic renovations that you plan to do, how much are you looking at, if you mind me asking? Well, including our deposit for the house and everything. So the house cost us 450,000. We put just over a 10% deposit to get a nicer interest rate. Mm. And um, we've probably maybe spent... The renovations that we've done, we've gotten the whole, the walls stripped, etc., repainted them, some sort of like filler and replastering. We've maybe spent, I would say, including furniture and everything, maybe fifty-five to sixty k. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, and you said you you're looking to stay there for about five years. Yeah. Mm. And where do you see Croydon going in the next five years? Um, definitely prices rising because mm. it's an affordable bar, affordable bar on the outskirts with really good transport links mm. you can take if you are living in a flat and say somewhere like Clapham that you spent 350k and then you get some equity growth and you want to sell up and move mm. you still won't be able to afford a house in Clapham mm. um, but you can move 20 30 minutes down the road especially if you go to like the norbury side yeah. and you can buy a house prices are rising i just read an article as well on financial times that croydon was the number one search for area for property in lockdown so i think yeah the only the only worry in my mind is they need to do something about the town center yeah. it looks worse than it did when i i i left croydon when i was about 15 and it looks worse mm. than it did when i was 15 it's 